Sycamore's Making History is brought to you by the Department of History at Indiana State University in Terre Haute, Indiana. Hosted by Caleb Fleshner, a Terre Haute attorney and 2012 history alum, the podcast highlights the stories and contributions of students, faculty, alumni, and friends of the ISU Department of History. Thank you for joining us. All right, well, we are here for our second episode of the Sycamores Making History podcast. Uh, This is Caleb Fleshner. I am an alumnus of Indiana State University of the History Department. And today we have uh, Dr. Chris Olson and Tracy Ortiz as our guests. So uh, if you guys would like to introduce yourselves, Tracy, we'll start with you, and and you can give a little background about yourselves, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Um, well, like you said, my, my name is Tracy. Um, I am an Indiana native. I was born and raised in Northern Indiana and, uh, go to ISU. I'm majoring in political science with a minor in history, which is really exciting. Um, I'm in, I'm overly involved at ISU. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you want me to list all of the things that I'm a part of because we might be here all day. Well, why don't you name a couple of things that really are near and dear to your heart? Um, Okay, so I guess like the staples are um, State Dance Marathon, which is an organization that raises money for um, the Children's Hospital in the state of Indiana, which is Riley Hospital for Children. Um, I'm currently the president of the History Club, and um, I'm a 500 festival princess this year. Um, as well as working for residential life in a lot of different ways. So that's kind of the big pieces of me right now. Okay. And Dr. Olson? Yes. Uh, You want to go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of give a brief uh, description of you? Sure, I can try. (laughs) Um, Yeah. um, So I've been here at ISU since 1999, and I came... um, from Virginia Wesleyan College, where I first taught, and uh, just came as an assistant professor, and then uh, became chair of history in uh, 2002, and was there uh, for about, uh, what, 14, 15 years, and then now I'm dean of the College of Arts and Sciences. So, Tracy, starting with you, uh, I know you had indicated you are uh, from Indiana, born and raised. What led you to uh, Indiana State, or what, what kind of pushed you to want to uh, come to this university in order to get your higher education? Um, well, I'm a first-generation college student, and so when I was shopping around for colleges, I kind of had no idea of where I really wanted to go, um, what I wanted to do um, at, at college. Like, I knew what I wanted to major in, but I didn't know what, like, what encompassed a really good university experience. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure where to look. And, um, you know, my first choice of university, um, I got scared of going there. I don't, it was too big for me. I was like, you know what? No. And I kind of thought ISU would be perfect. I also um, looked for a dance marathon program. I, what all of the schools I applied to had a dance marathon. Um, It is real. it is not, it's actually like that important to me (laughs) that, um, Uh the college I went to had to have one. And so when it uh, came time, I thought that ISU's State Dance Marathon was nice. I thought the college size was nice. It wasn't too big. 
where I would be lost and think that I wouldn't make any friends and it had a, a, a lot of opportunities for me to kind of grow. Okay. And Dr. Olson, kind of in the same lines, I understand you grew up in North Dakota and mm -hmm. received your undergraduate from North Dakota State. Are you kind of like Tracy? Did you want to stay around home, stay around in the home state, and you kind of knew what you wanted to do once you got to college? Well, so, some yes and no. Um, I, I did a, apply a few different places, but to be honest, um, this is long enough ago. <laughs> so that, I mean, I, I grew up a mile from North Dakota State campus and, um, you know, almost everybody I knew went to school there because you, you had a big state university in your hometown. It was close by. So most of the people I knew and grew up with didn't go anywhere. Um, and, you know, they would have had chances to do that, but um, we just, we didn't think about that as much. So I, I always mm -hmm. kind of knew where I was going to go to school and that's fine. I had a great experience. Um, in terms of what I was going to major in or what I wanted to do, I really didn't know. And I started as an architecture major and that's what I had sort of thought about for many years. And, and North Dakota state has a very highly ranked architecture program. I still do. Um, so it was nice to be admitted to that, which was, um, was fairly difficult. Mm -hmm. But pretty quickly, I, I discovered I just didn't like much about it <laughs> um, as a profession <laughs> or a field. Um, you know, I, I wanted to design Gothic cathedrals. And wow. strangely, nobody wanted those anymore. <laughs> um, so It's not a, the only, one we're going to put here in Terre Haute anytime yeah, soon. <laughs> I mean, so the only thing I was any good at was history of architecture. And um, my dad is a historian. Uh, so I, I always loved history. In fact, I was a double major when I started. It was architecture and history. But um, I figured history was something I was going to do because I enjoyed it so much. And um, after about a year and a half, I, I dropped the architecture major and finished in uh, in history. And and mm -hmm. uh, about and I, I was still able to finish in three and a half years, which was nice, but probably not wise in the long run because I didn't do a, a double major or a minor or anything like that, which I could have. So mm -hmm. I, I drifted into it a little bit, but, you know, it turned out okay. And how did uh, North Dakota State, your time there, how did that impact you as to where you want, ended up going to grad school, ended up wanting to be a, you know, a professional in, in your field? Yeah, no, that, that's a good question. And it's, it's actually, just to jump ahead a little bit, it's one of the reasons I'm here and I've stayed here so long is that Indiana State, you know, feels very much like North Dakota State. Um, mm -hmm. They're almost exactly the same size. Um, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of similarities. There's some significant differences, but I mean, they, they feel generally similar. Fargo um, is now a much bigger city. It's about 200,000 metro area. But when I grew up there, it was actually very close in size to Terre Haute. It's grown a lot and changed mm -hmm. quite a bit. But this, this uh, community and this school has always felt very much... Um, like home to me in terms of of grad school i mean uh this is generally the advice i give to most people thinking about grad school and that is go to a good school and go where they will pay for it um i believe you gave me the same advice when i was thinking about did grad I? School. oh good okay well, <laughs> um you know and and i i went to the university of nebraska for my master's degree and they made me a good offer and that was just two years so i was there and then i went to florida and i for my PhD, and I'd applied to about a half dozen places that all would have had the combination of, of political history and Southern history that I wanted. But again, Florida had just hired a bunch of uh, really impressive faculty, and the two in particular that I ended up working with 
Um, but they made me a great financial offer. And so I was able to get my graduate degrees for eight years of, of grad school um, with very little, you know, student debt or anything like that. So um, that's good. That's partly why. And Tracy, to kind of to build yeah. off of that, what kind of sort of with Dr. Olson, how did Indiana State impact you um, as you decided to move through both a political science and history program and ultimately what you want to do, you know, once you graduate? Yeah, so I started at Indiana State as an education major, which Indiana State is great for. There are a lot of amazing teachers that come out of this university. And um, maybe like at the beginning of my sophomore year, I realized um, I was a social studies education major and I really liked government. I wanted to teach um, like the like the government class mm-hmm. in high school. And um, I um, enjoyed that aspect of like my university experience. I liked all the political science classes I was taking. And I was like, can I add this as a major? Can I add political science as a major? And um, I did. And then I realized that I didn't have a passion for teaching high schoolers as -hmm. much as I thought I did. And um, I didn't want to be a bad teacher. So I left that major, um, picked up political science, um, kind of as my main major. And then um, to be a social studies education teacher, you had to have two fields. And mine was government and history. And so history, it was just kind of easy to make history my minor. And I fell in love with how easily the political science department and history department were able to like tie together. I don't think that they mesh enough as two departments should. I like, but the um, like the classes that I would take would like blend so well with each right. other. And I absolutely loved it. So like with my junior and senior year, when I was taking these history classes, I was just like blown away with how amazing that was and how easy it was to take information from a political science course and tie it into a history course and then like apply the different types of thinking to that. Ironically, I followed your same exact path when I was in college. (laughs) I was a social studies ed major as well. And I remember talking to Dr. Olson. I was like, you know, I don't really think teachers are going to make a lot of money. So (laughs) what what should I do? And I switched to, I was the opposite. I switched to a history major and a political science minor. Yeah. Um, and eventually, you know, that led me to law school. And I have, you, yeah. you, you both can speak on this, and, and I wanted to bring it up because I think it's important, especially during my time at Indiana State. Um, I, I love the history department. The, the faculty members were wonderful. Um, I really liked, uh, you know, almost the camaraderie between them. You know, we mm-hmm. see the same students, the same classmates I saw every day. I hung out in Stalker Hall, and the uh, the lounge most days before class. So I know Dr. Olson, you're, you're the dean of the entire College of Arts and Sciences now. But what do you think are the benefits of the Department of History? What do you think the benefits are someone of of majoring in that degree, especially in a time like this when it's like, well, what's history going to do for me? Right. Well, that's a good question, and of course we get that question a lot. Obviously, most history majors end up doing you know a thousand different things, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those majors where you can end up doing anything you want, really. Um, and we all have our anecdotal stories, but I was—I just happened to be on the, on the Zoom meeting the other night with one of my friends who was a history major, and he uh, retired um, 
at my age, <laughs> um, <laughs> after being a, a bank vice president of a couple of different giant national banks. And he, he started as a teller out of college and within 12 years was a bank vice president, right? I mean, so, yeah. you, and we all have lots of stories like that. And it's just history prov provides you with the kind of background to do research, communicate well, um, you know, understand other human beings, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. all those things. So I would say that, that history is a, is a tremendous set of, of learning skills and outcomes for really a wide range of things um, that, that you could do. In terms of ISU in particular, um, you know, I think one of the tremendous opportunities at, at ISU in a, in a department like history is that you get so much attention and the faculty um, are, are of very high quality, you know, comparative nationally. Um, and you have this range of abilities, uh, partly due to the way we have historically structured our foundational studies. So we teach a lot of history and foundational studies, um, which means we have a lot of great faculty. And then when you translate that as a major, it means you get small classes uh, and a lot of attention and the ability to, to place students in grad school and law school and, and things like that. So our faculty profile is very similar to IU, for instance, which I mean, IU has a great history department too. Um, but our faculty profile is very similar. And yet, you know, the, the, the faculty to major ratio would be dramatically lower than it is at a place like IU. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I, I went, so just one last comparison and I'll be quiet, but <laughs> I went to North Dakota State and majored in history, which was a, a good degree and got me launched to grad school. But North Dakota State didn't have a foundational studies or gen ed requirement in history. And the history okay. department had five faculty when I was there. Oh, wow. And it's, it was a bigger university. You know, had more mm -hmm. students and it had five historians and they were good. You know, I mean, I, I sort of majored in two, two people, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you just have so many more opportunities at ISU um, in a, in a department like ours. Yeah. And Tracy, is, do you feel the same way? I mean, t tell us how your experience has been so far in the history department. I know you're a minor, but in, in terms oh, of class sizes, yeah. in terms of dealing with faculty. Um. Like I, I want to 100% completely agree with Dr. Olson. It is the, I think personally, um, being a part of two departments, it is my favorite one. Um, I have found so many mentors, uh, within our history department that I've really taken the time to kind of help me find a grad school and find what I want to study. And I've built so many like relationships in two or three semesters that, Kind of in four years was a little harder with the poli side department to build, um, mm -hmm. but it's just I can't speak enough good things about the history department at Indiana State. I love like the class sizes, especially um, one of my favorite classes uh, was my modern uh, Russia class, the history of modern Russia, and I think there was seven of us, and oh, wow. it led to some of the most amazing discussions in the class and. Um, I found probably, you know, no offense to any other professor, but like one of my favorite professors, uh, Dr. Skinner. You never department. had Dr. Olson, so you're, you're all right with that. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things um, <laughs> about Dr. Olson. I will say that, that like you come very highly praised by other uh, students uh, that I've talked to within the history department, and it makes me regret not taking a class. <laughs> it's just, there's so many topics that I want to like learn about, and it's really hard. 
to kind mm -hmm. of do that in four years so like there I wish I could take every class that almost every oh, yeah. offers but it's hard to try to do that. <laughs> well I would agree with both of you and especially what Dr. Olson said is a history uh, major is you know when I went to law school you know most of my classmates were not history majors surprisingly and they struggled a lot with the amount of reading we had to do mm -hmm. and I was quite frankly used to it just because being a history major you read and write a lot and, yeah. and that's what and that's what we did and going into that a little is in terms of um, what you want to do Tracy what is it that you do moving forward once you leave Indiana State that uh, you want to do with uh, your career um, so I'll give you the long term, the long term and the short term plan. Okay. Um, long term, I do when I get a job within uh, doing something non for profit or with um, a local government uh, to kind of gain some work experience. And then, um, uh, or that's short term, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then long term, I want to um, get my PhD and be the director oh. of the National Security Council. Like that is my dream. Um, Wonderful. So right now, I am going to in was supposed to be this summer I was supposed to go to IU to study um, Bosnian Serbo-Croatian so wow. I could apply to more grad schools in um, history I want to get my PhD in history um, okay. in Eastern European studies Eastern European history and so you need the language for that and then um, hopefully be an advisor and like kind of like go up through the ranks um, and be the the director of the national security council or to be to do something in like foreign diplomacy but that relates Wonderful. kind of directly with eastern european uh mm. history studies i just think that that area of the world is probably the most interesting i'm sure oh, yeah. that yeah <laughs> well dr olson kind of building on that and we and we can talk about tracy about how that's impactful dr olson can you tell us why well, one what what do you specialize? What's your PhD in? And why do you think that, why does that matter? Or why does that area of study matter both to students such as Tracy or to, you know, you know the greater world in general? Those are good questions. I mean, Tracy, those are great ideas and terrific plans. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I love all that. Um, so my, my specialty is, uh, depending on how general you want to get, is sort of political U.S. history and then um, U.S. South and 19th century. So I, uh, the, my first book, which was a revision of my dissertation, is about local politics in Mississippi uh, mm -hmm. before the Civil War. Um, and that's a lot of the work that I've done in, in articles and other things. Um, building off that it t tends to be along the lines of, of a mixture of politics, political culture, and history. So actually, when I was in doing my PhD, my minor field is in political science or, or political culture. You were talking about the overlap, and those were some of the best seminars I had in, in grad school. But yeah, <laughs> um, so I, I, I enjoy political history especially um, and tend to, f to focus more on those areas when I get a chance to do anything <laughs> these days um, <laughs> in between other stuff. Um, and I'm theoretically supposed to be finishing a book on uh, the voting, <laughs> the voting process. It's like years overdue, but um, it's on the voting process in antebellum America, sort of what the ballots looked like and a lot of stories about fraud and, and uh, you know, things like that. So I, you know, I think anybody can say often with their field of history that there are lots of, of contemporary uh, relevant issues 
Um, and again, I, I, it's, it's interesting because I read my contested election returns and, and evidence and lots of things every day about um, people complaining about uh, illegal voting. <laughs> they tend to complain <laughs> about immigrants voting illegally, they claim. Um, the, the other party is always importing illegal voters. Um, and we hear that uh, often. <laughs> yeah, the, the, ballot, the ballot box is never secure, um, mm -hmm. so there's always fraud, and there's bribery, and there's violence and fist fights, and you know, um, so it it always uh, makes me smile a little bit when I read people today talking about the same issues um, almost 200 years later. So um, anyway, I, I I enjoy all of that, and again, I think it has a, a certain contemporary. Uh, importance to it as well. Right. And, and, and Tracy, I know you said you want, um, and I believe you were awarded one of our, the department's first career development and history grants yeah. um, to help you become proficient in the target language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I believe that you were talking that you want to use that in order to further yourself in your career of going on in diplomacy. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you have to have a language, a, a language in the field uh, that you want to study. Um, luckily, I'm bilingual. I speak Spanish, but, you know, I don't think a lot of people speak Spanish in uh, Croatia. So I have to learn Croatian, um, you know, Bosnian Serbo Croatian. And with that, uh, it, it just helps, like, it makes sense. It helps the historical context and being able to read um, uh, documents in that language without having to have someone else translate them so that makes a lot of sense and then also uh communicating with the people there and okay. the local government there well and tracy especially because as i said in the beginning this podcast is meant to kind of honor our graduating seniors of the history department um because due to the outbreak you know we're really not on campus anymore do you have any advice or what would you tell incoming freshmen starting next year to to make their experience at ISU uh, just as great as yours? Uh, getting involved, not just with the university, like through clubs and things, but with the department itself. ISU is small enough and large enough, if that makes sense, it's a really good middle size, that you can find kind of your specific niche. You can find the people that you really wanna connect with and kind of grow with each other. And I was lucky enough to find that with in the political science department and our professors who do all of the foreign um, diplomacy and international relations aspects, and as well as, and I did the same in the history department and finding those professors who could not only help me like launch myself into grad school within um, the subject that I wanted to study, but help me you know, find that area that I wanted to mm -hmm. study. And then tying that in with like my campus involvement, I feel like I've gotten so much experience from Indiana State alone that a lot of other students at like these larger universities kind of are missing. I've been able to have very like personal relationships with professors that I'm sure are going to last forever. Or, or like I can cross my fingers uh -huh. and hope so that I get to know <laughs> Barbara Skinner for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> but I think that's probably the most useful advice that I could give someone is just to involve yourself in every way possible, you know, not to an overwhelming extent. I think I've made the mistake to do that. I'm very overly involved <laughs> to the point where it like hurts a lot of other things, <laughs> but um, to really just kind of find your footing and get in the door and make, uh, make 
really good impressions and let other people make impressions on you because you never know who you're going to meet and what they're going to do and what they want to do. A lot of the times I find that um, it's my other like classmates that help me find some of these opportunities. Like the language program came from a friend that I had who did the same thing, but in Persian. And he's like, hey, I know you want to do this. You should try looking into this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been looking Wonderful. for a language program. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Like, that I was able to find this. And yeah. like he found his through a professor. And so it's kind of like a cycle of helping each other and like making sure that you have good friends in the department, whether like our students and teachers. So I try to be that student for other students and like um, helping them find their places within the history department and the political science department. Look, great. Those, those are all wonderful, uh, yeah. all wonderful advice. And I, to kind of echo that, you're, you're correct. Uh, I'm still friends, still talk with Dr. Olson, Dr. Clark, a lot of my professors I had, and I, I don't know if I would have had that at, at a different university. Um, I'm sure Dr. Olson, uh, whenever I see him, he's like, oh, there's Caleb, and I got to go talk to him again. <laughs> um, Never, no. <laughs> and Dr. Olson, and you have an interesting perspective because not only are you a, a, a professor in the history, an instructor and professor in the history department, you're also the dean of the entire College of Arts and Sciences. So what would be your advice to not only just incoming students, but you know, incoming history majors, as to how to make their experience at Indiana State uh, like Tracy's and almost like yourself when you were at North Dakota State? Yeah, I mean, I, I prob I'm not sure I can improve on her advice. I mean, that, that's, that's absolutely accurate that um, you get such a range of opportunities at a place like ISU that you're just not going to get elsewhere. Um, and, and again, that's, there's always trade-offs. There's lots of good schools. Um, but for many people, um, I think they get a chance to do things here that you just will not, simply will not get to do elsewhere. You know, b bigger schools tend to have the same or even more resources. Smaller schools give you opportunities with, with uh, faculty in one-on-one -on -one and small group settings as well, but they tend not to have the resources that we do. So if, if I look at a, a college-wide perspective, I mean, I talked about the history department in terms of the faculty. You know, we, we have the resources and the opportunities for faculty here so that we can hire, you know, at the top of the field nationally. And that's why we have faculty like we have. Um, and at the same time, I elsewhere in the college, you know, we have, we have world-class science building. We have, um, uh, you know, two theaters, we have uh, two music buildings with recording studios and, and on and on, right? I could go through the whole college, but <laughs> those are opportunities you're not going to have um, in terms of resources and, and facilities at smaller schools, at least most of them. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, because of our size and the commitment to faculty here, and I think the, the president and the past presidents deserve credit for uh, maintaining a commitment to a student-faculty ratio that's manageable and to supporting uh, a certain percentage of all of our faculty being tenure-track, tenured, and, and regular faculty. Um, you know, we, we have a, a vastly lower percentage of our courses taught by graduate students and, and temporary faculty than probably any institution in the state. Um, and that's I don't great. think that gets talked yeah. about enough. And and again, that that's a commitment that goes back several presidents and is continuing now. So I, I think those are important points. And um, again, I, I probably can't improve on, on Tracy's advice generally, but 
just get involved and take advantage of what you can do. Any college education or any education, probably, um, you get out of it what you put into it, uh, like like many things in life. And um, you know, just take advantage of whatever you can possibly possibly find. Yeah. I will say that uh, students do talk a lot about the um, the quality of our professors and mm -hmm. their careers and what they do. So like that is definitely talked about among us. I know that a lot of my friends in the history department constantly are gushing about where our professors got their doctorates and where they did their studying. And like, <laughs> we're like, that's so cool. I wouldn't be like that. Like it, it's, it's really something that we notice as like students. That's how, great awesome our faculty is i can go on a tangent i can probably make like a 30 powerpoint slide on you know dr skinner alone <laughs> well that's great i mean it's nice to hear obviously well that's that's great well before we end um i i wanted to kind of end on a, on a you know a fun note as to you know what both of you are doing during these you know trying times what's something fun that you guys have been doing since I know Dr. Olson obviously you you've been busy trying to as Indiana State's been transitioning but what's something that someone wouldn't have expected that you'd be doing during you know this you know state lockdown um wow um I I'm not <laughs> sure if there's anything dramatically different I uh um last night was a beautiful night so I went out about 7:30 and indulged a 15-minute car ride in one of my old cars which um is always fun oh, to do nice. and um it was a beautiful spring evening so i tried that i i work on old cars occasionally not as much as i used to um <laughs> but i still have a couple of old ones that i drive from time to time oh very nice yeah. what was the one that you drove last night the one i drove last night is the one um it's it's a 49 uh, uh jaguar that my dad bought when he was teaching in england Oh really? Uh, he had a he had a Fulbright for a year when I was a, a little kid. So, uh, and he's a car guy and collected cars all his life. Um, and so when we were living there, I was only two, three, and um, and he wanted to bring a car home. So he he bought that, and it was just an old used car. Nobody wanted. I think he paid three hundred dollars. <laughs> oh wow! It. As is, it costs twice as much to ship home. He always says. Um, <laughs> but we so we've had that in the family for over fifty years now. Um, and yeah runs runs oh, wow. great and tracy what have you what's something fun you've been doing since the um, lockdown when you're not you know <laughs> studying and trying to get your graduation all your credits in and everything i have been um well i feel like it's not something like very interesting about me because a lot of people know that i'm a big like um cinephile like i love film i love like old film not just uh what's new now which i think is also why i'm really into history but i've just taken a lot of this time to watch a lot of movies and to really kind of mm -hmm. get into some of like the classics and uh i do a lot of like uh watching like film analysis videos and then watching those movies and then comparing them to that and Very trying nice. to understand like the structure of the film and that so i've been doing that a lot more with the intent to understand like the filmmaking process and like the writing process and um production and things like that and then how that's like evolved so rather than just like watching it to enjoy it it's been a lot of like watching the movie to understand how other factors play into it well it sounds like fun to me so yeah. <laughs> I, 
Well, um, both of you guys, thank you very much uh, for participating in this during our second episode. Uh, we really uh, appreciate it, and we really we wanted, to, especially Tracy, to highlight you, uh, <laughs> thank you. And, and as you're graduating yes. and, and moving on to, to bigger and better things, and also especially for Dr. Olson to highlight you and the work that you've done and, and continue to do for the, the university. So thank you both very much. Well, you're welcome. And, thank you. uh, Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. And we will uh, see everyone on our next episode. Thank you very much. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Caleb. Congratulations, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Olson. Uh-huh. Sycamore's Making History is made possible by the support of the Indiana State University Department of History. Music provided by Tim Hawkins, programming by Steve Stofferin, and technical advice by Lori Henson and Martin Collins. Thank you for listening.